1: I got two lightsabers. I don't know what to tell you. I'm the coolest thing ever. Like I would have so many moments as if I had like dropped into a VR experience. They'd be calling action. I'd just be like, "All right, right, right. Let me get into the scene." But I just like look down. The lightsabers would light up, and everything I'm looking at. Like I'm looking down. I'm looking around me. I'm like, "Oh my god, I just dropped into Star Wars." Oh wait, this isn't the game. Let me let me work.
0: Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to the Dagobah Dispatch. And this week, we will be dispatching awesomeness and good cheer throughout the galaxy. Why? Because as we get closer to the premiere of Ahsoka, we have Ahsoka herself. That's right, Rosario Dawson checked in with us right before the SAG After Strike to talk about everyone's favorite Togruda. Sorry, Shakti. And we've got part of that conversation ready to roll this week for you, but that's not all we have our former co-host Lauren Morgan has somehow burst through the race shield we enacted to keep her out to join us again and present her official ranking of the Ghost crew from Rebels, many, if not all of whom, will be appearing on Ahsoka. Kane and Jarrus, Force Ghost, anyone? Where will Lauren rank each member and what will she do to me if I tell her she's wrong? Inquiring minds want to know and know they shall As we get rolling here. But first, I am Dalton Ross, joined by Ahsoka cover story star... Devin Kogan, what's going on, Devin? Besides basking in the glow of your incredible cover story on Ahsoka that everyone should go read if they haven't read it yet.
2: Oh, such kind words. Thank you. I'll I'll take that compliment. Um, no, yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, it's been super fun to read the reactions and have people get excited for the show. You, You know how it is when you write one of these things, you work on it for like such a long time and then you're like, oh, it's finally out in the world and people can actually go read it. That's always fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. go go. Like I said, we have it pinned to our, all of our socials. So go, go to EW on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now mm-hmm. or any of those other places and you'll you'll find it. And it's it's great stuff. By the way, read my t-shirt, Devin. I don't think I've ever worn this. This is my K2SO t-shirt.
2: <laughs> Stop. Which
0: literally has a picture. My daughter gave this to me. Oh, and my has God. K2SO on it says, I'll be there for you. The captain said I had to.
2: I... That's incredible. Please ask her where she got that because I (laughs) know.
0: I I don't know. I have a feeling this like might not be a legit shirt. Like I don't know if this is officially (laughs) licensed. Uh, Lucas has a lot of different licenses going on, so maybe it is. But uh, it was definitely like an internet purchase, which always throws everything in.
2: Sometimes, sometimes those are the best. I have so many random, random t-shirts
0: that are. It's very similar. Uh, I know. I, I found it at the bottom of my drawer. Like I think I think my wife hid it at the bottom of my drawer. <laughs> so I I, I I, scavenged it out of there and put it on uh, just for you today. Should have in- worn it on our, our Droid Rankings episode. That's when I should have worn it. You should have. If you have. haven't uh, checked out the Droid Rankings, please do so. I know one of our guests this week would have had some very opinionated thoughts on that as well. But I don't want to get her sidetracked. But we're going to get to her in just a second. First off, before... Before we get to uh, bring our first guest in, let's um, uh, do some poll results. Uh, for those who have been listening to the last few episodes, uh, we we do a poll now on if you listen to this podcast on Spotify, and I always have a hard time finding it. But you have to click on the like the new episode, and then there's poll results. And we always like put up a poll up for something that we talk about that week. Uh, this, that week and last week we talked about the new, uh, the news about the Lando movie, right? And that, uh, that Donald Glover and his brother were taking over um, running the show and writing the show. And, and we asked the question, who do you want to see in the new Lando Star Wars series? You want to see Billy D. Williams or Donald Glover? And I, I posed the question to Dev, and then she goes, I want to see both. Uh, which, so then we, we added that into the poll as well, which probably wasn't a smart thing to do because if you put in, do you want to just see this guy or this guy or do you want to see both? Like everyone's going to say both. Right. Yeah. So, and that's kind of the way it went. 81% of the people said both. 18% said Donald Glover. And Billy D. Williams got 0%. Oh, 0%. Now, unlike my daughter, I'm no math major. But the last time I checked, 81 plus 18 plus zero did not equal 100%. So I'm not exactly sure how these Spotify polls work. Seems a little off, but still zero percent for Billy Dee. Though.
2: Well, I think you're just salty because I suggested both, and that is clearly the winner. Yeah, of the I didn't poll, like that. So I didn't. I didn't like it.
0: I mean, it makes sense for the show. It could be fun for the show, as we talked about last week. But like as a poll option, it was just it was stacking the deck. It was stacking the deck. What can I say? Um, Sorry. All right, let's uh, let's bring in. Our guest, Yay! our first guest, uh, it's not Rosario Dawson. Don't get your hopes up yet. <laughs> but Don't get disappointed. <laughs> Rosario Dawson is coming up later. Um, but, you know, we got Ahsoka coming up now, the big show. And it's basically, as I've written about and talked about, it's basically looks like season five of Rebels. So we had to bring in the world's biggest Rebels fan. Uh, our former co host who left us for greener pastures, Lauren Morgan, is back in the house. What's going on, Lauren?
3: Hello, hello. I figured I should show you my uh, Star Wars rings that I got off some Star Wars cupcakes this week just to, uh, you know. All right,
0: is that C- uh, C3PO? There's
3: C3PO, Darth Vader, Vader. and uh, R2D2. Wait,
0: those are incredible. <laughs> we randomly got some. Here's, here's what makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. So she's got three rings, and they're big mm-hmm. and they're ugly. How? These are not ugly. No, These are, are fantastic. Ugly. Those are super ugly. <laughs> They're not. Uh, one is C three PO. One is Darth Vader. One is Artoo D two. Yeah. She's got three rings. She decides to put two on one hand and one on the other. But she puts C-3PO and Darth Vader on the same hand. It's mostly and just because- R2-D2 alone on the other hand. Like light and dark, it should be Darth on one hand and the two droids should be together. I mean, there are a couple, I also
3: just off. have to make sure I can get these rings off my fingers because they're made for children. So, okay, Fair I enough. switched them. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I did stick Darth on one of my fingers. I was like, oh, I don't think he's coming off earlier. So I, I pulled on the right one.
0: No, I missed this. Did they come like free in like a cereal box or
3: something? No, they look we, like were, cereal <laughs> we were visiting my mother in law Saturday night, and it was like it was like Saturday at like eight forty five, and my sister in law was like we should go get some cupcakes and we just randomly went to the local grocery store and there were star wars cupcakes and so we caught them and they had these rings on them and i'm like well i'm taking these so. like i'll take one of those thank you yeah so, so um you, st- you
2: stole my the daughter- rings from your
0: daughter very nice. no
3: no basically she got her own rings as well but she she made sure she got that there were six in total so she got the other set of three but i took these three so. okay
0: well who'd yes. she get
3: she got the same, it was just, you know, they same were thing. doubles. Yeah, pretty much.
0: So Lauren, what's it been like listening to the show? Like, do you get angry listening to us? Uh, do you want to like chime in from afar? Like what's going on?
3: I'm very mellow about it, you know. Now, Yeah, you're like
0: like you're mellow about everything when it comes
3: to Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, when you did ask me to rank uh, rank uh, the Star Wars Rebels characters, and I was like, what would make Dalton the maddest? So <laughs> I didn't think about that. So... My my last person on the list should probably be very mad about, but it's okay. Well,
0: but before we get to the ranking, I was I've been thinking about you, Lauren, because I've um I've been reading this Star Wars book. It happens to be right here. I'll, I'll hold it up. The visual it only works for you two because yeah, no one else can see it. I mean, the like,
3: Star Wars rings didn't really work for anybody but you two. But I was just trying to make you two laugh. So that's they're very know.
0: good. Can yeah. confirm
2: to li- all yeah. the listeners at home.
0: <laughs> BT Dubs, like I used to do this on the radio show all the time. I like to go behind the show and take people behind the curtain. At one point, they were going to put us on YouTube. I don't know what happened to those plans, <laughs> but remember they said like, are you guys comfortable? Like we're going to maybe start putting on YouTube. I, as far as I know that hasn't happened uh, We got faces for radio I, yeah, I, know. <laughs>
3: <Exactly>. <laughs> I, I know I know right before I left EW They were they were talking about putting this on Like you know our various social platforms And I was like well at that point I knew I was leaving so I was like well I'm out of here So you
2: know <laughs> That's actually why Lauren quit she was like no one can ever See my face No yeah. I, I'm very
3: I'm very, like you know there's like one photo of me on Twitter And then all of my social channels are Private so it's like find a photo Of me good luck
0: You know, so. Well, I, I, well, anyway, so the the visual uh, show and tell is not going to work, but I I've been reading this book, Star Wars Dark Disciple.
3: Oh, I got, I I have that one, but I haven't had a chance to read that one yet.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm surprised you haven't read it yet, Lauren. I mean, it's on my list. It's It's on the list. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because what this what this is is it's it's basically eight unproduced episodes of of the Clone Wars. And so they basically, it was, I think after the first time the Clone Wars got canceled and they mm-hmm. had all these scripts. So these are scripts written in park by uh, Katie Lucas, by the way, George Lucas's daughter. So, um, And they wrote these scripts and then they never made the episodes. So they basically turned it over to uh, author Christy Golden and she turned it into a book. And it's essentially the... Um, the jedi are like this count dooku guy is causing all <laughs> he's like this guy over here he's like blowing up planets practically he's causing a big mess it's a it's really not good we got to get rid of this dude how do we do it and they basically like not very jedi like like you know what assassination let's assassinate <laughs> this guy like seriously like what is going on here they're like but wait if we can't get our fingers too dirty so we'll have someone else do it so they they get old quinlan voss Oh. Mm-hmm. Involved who uh we know from the Clone Wars and actually got a got a shout got a early episode shout out on Obi-Wan Kenobi and, like, and oh then never gosh. showed up again. And then never showed up. We mm-hmm. thought Quinlan Voss was gonna be making it and he didn't. That was super random. But um it's so they tell Quinlan Voss, Hey, you gotta kill Dooku, but it's kind of rude. They're like you're not good enough to do it on your own. Like, no offense, <laughs> but you know he took we off. We want Anakin. him dead,
3: but we're not yeah. going to
0: send one of the really good Jedis no. to do it. Yeah, no. it makes it makes sense. <laughs> so like, he basically took off Anakin's like arm and basically like knocked out Obi Wan. So we want you to do it, but you need help. So they basically tell him to go team up with Asajj Ventress. Uh, and <laughs> super so, trustworthy.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's
0: super <laughs> random. So they're 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 hooking up, not hooking up yet, as far as I know. But um. And they're going to go try and kill Dooku. So uh, I'm about halfway through it. And that's what I'm reading. Well, Dark Disciple. It's on Lauren's list. It's in her possession. It's, it's in
3: my Kindle. I just, I mean, I have like 250 unread books in my Kindle. So sometimes when I finish a book, I'm like, there's just too many books here. I can't figure the watch out to read. So.
0: Well, it only took you 32 years to read *Heir to the Empire*. So. Yeah, that's true. I
3: finally got around to that one. So. <laughs> have you read the
0: other books in the trilogy, or just no, the first one? No, I just one? I did that one, Lauren. and then I
3: was I know it's look. <laughs> like, some of it is like I'm I, the the bad thing is I have a bunch of unread books in my Kindle, but then I take out books from the library too, and so it's a lot of times that like my reading thing is like, oh, this is due back in three days, I got to read this now. So
0: well, I will say I think I mentioned on the pod that the book that just came out recently, *Inquisitor*, was pretty good. I think it's yeah, out. that's I so, I,
3: I do have a copy of that I also just got Last week, I got certain point of view um, uh, for uh, Return of the Jedi, which I'm interested in. I'm going on vacation next week, so I'm kind of hoping I can do some reading.
0: All right. Yeah. All right she's going to catch up. All right. Well, listen, let's let's talk about the screen, uh, and we're talking about the animated screen. So, again, since Ahsoka's coming out, it basically looks like the next season of Rebels, mm-hmm. just live action version. So we decided we wanted to have Lauren Morgan, the foremost expert when it comes to the Star Wars animated uh, world, rank The members of the ghost crew. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what does that mean in terms of the ghost crew? Here's what it means to us: it doesn't mean Ahsoka, right? It doesn't mean like Agent Callus, who is working with them later, spoiler alert. If you just start that and you're like, why would Agent Callus be part of the ghost crew? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't count AP5, who sort of showed up near the end. We're talking about like the base members of the crew. We're talking Hera, Kanan, Ezra, Sabine zeb and yes chopper right like that like those are the six main members of the crew lauren do you have any like feelings about those parameters you were given
3: no those were the parameters you gave me though you did not include captain rex which i think is probably good because we know where i'd rank him that's so
0: (laughs) fair point fair Fair point point. fair point So so
3: you took my two favorite characters off the table so you know I think that was a fair point.
0: Who would you have ranked higher, Ahsoka or Rex?
3: I mean, I would have uh, ranked uh, Ahsoka higher. Usually it's always for me, it's like Ahsoka, Rex, and then, you know, everybody else. So.
0: Is your sister gonna watch Ahsoka? She was so irate that Ahsoka was a top ten character. She couldn't even didn't know who she was, couldn't pronounce the her name. The last
3: time, I, sh- I think she is l- she's a little desperate for Star Wars content, so she probably will. We actually will be on vacation together when Ahsoka debuts, so Amazing. I think. And you know, my I will be around my dad as well, who really loves all the Star Wars shows. Like he loves all of them. Like he enjoyed the Book of Boba Fett, and so did my sister. So they're just like Star Wars show? Sure, I'll watch them. I did actually try. I have been trying to get my sister to watch clone wars and star wars rebels and she kind of makes noises about it but you know i just think i need we need to like trap you know i need to trap her someplace for a while yeah get her started so
0: uh, all right, so let's let's get into it. Let's go like mm. six to one, right? Let's go okay. lowest on the ranking to highest. And I'm you can start now controversial give first then. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. And then you can tell us which or why that you ranked him where you did. Go ahead. Give us your number six spot.
3: All right, number six, and I am pretty sure this was the one I thought might make, <laughs> make uh Dalton's head explode was Ezra Bridger. Uh which uh, you know, he is sort of the lead of the show. He's the sort of the the first sort of character we see, the one we get introduced to. Um, and I like Ezra a lot. Uh, you know, I like ev- all members of the ghost crew, but I just, you know, sometimes Ezra's a little, little bit of a teenage jerk. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I still like him. I still think he has a very interesting uh, arc over the course of the show. Um, basically, they kind of discover that he, uh, you know, He doesn't realize it, but he has force powers at the time, I think. uh, And then basically he becomes Kanan's apprentice. And then I also what I always think is really interesting about Ezra is that he is only a day or two. I think he's a day or two older than Luke and Leia. So you can kind of always like sort of track like where Luke and Leia would be in the like, you know, like what their age range, like what they would be doing. You know, compared to what Ezra's doing. So I always think he's kind of a very interesting person because like we we know like Luke's story, we know Leia's story. But it's also interesting to see like somebody who was born right at the same timeline and, and how the Empire affected him. And, you know, he lost his parents and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so but I he's not my he's not my absolute favorite uh rebels uh, member but i do like the fact that also when he did discover his force powers that he was able to commune with animals which i think that was kind of an interesting aspect of seeing like that different jedi have different like they the the way that the force manifests them through them is different for everyone like there are some people who can commune with animals there's some people i can't remember what it's called but like who could touch an object and kind of sense the history of the that's object. That's what Quinlan
0: Vos has. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: So basically I can't remember what exactly that's called, but like, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I thought that that's sort of interesting to see how different people use the force. And they get into that more uh, in the high Republic as well. So, but number six is Ezra Bridger. So right, tell be- me why I am wrong. Dalton.
0: Well, before I do that, I'll let Devin weigh <laughs> in and then I'll, I'll leave you in suspense. And then I'll tell you my feelings about your ranking. Devin, you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on Ezra Bridger?
2: I mean, it's a hot take, I think, but I'm um, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see the rest of the list and see kind of, you know, I I'm 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 very curious. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm reserving judgment until we no see the rest judgment. of the list.
3: I will I will say one point to Ezra's credit is that he, um, not to get too spoilery, but he does battle with um, Darth Vader. Uh, in season two and he basically is just like come at me and he's just <laughs> like crazy brave and even Darth Vader's like well you're a lot braver than a lot of people that I deal with so you know <laughs> so you,
2: you know he is a-
3: crazy brave Anakin's
2: but. a little bit like Yeah, Yeah. I I like this one. Yeah, I like this one. Anakin would be the one who would be like,
3: "Yeah, heck yeah, I'm gonna go fight." He does. He does have a little bit of Anakin in him, but he's just like, "Yeah, I'll come." You know. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like like Anakin versus Dooku in Attack of the Clones. He rushes at him. Mm -hmm. Um. So Ezra is the lead of the show, and you just Mm -hmm. ranked him in last place. Mm -hmm. And I think that is. Absolutely the the correct ranking. I, oh, I, I, I Yeah, no, I I, <laughs> I I felt the same way. You 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 probably don't remember, but I, this is when we were doing our um, top one hundred characters list. This is what I argued too. Now I will say this: mm-hmm. he gets better as the show goes. My yeah. problem with Ezra, Lauren just sort of alluded to a little bit. It's kind of like that. You guys know we've seen it a million times. This has been kind of our little bit of our worry with Skeleton Crew is the whole precocious type sort of situation. You know what I mean? He's just, he's a little annoying. He's a teenager. He's just sort of like, you know, he's, he's the kid and kids can be annoying sometimes. Maybe it was by design. I don't know. But as the show started, I'm not saying I didn't like the character, but I certainly liked him the least. Yeah. And he gets better. And they did a very good job of him maturing as his powers mature and he gets older and he's sort of, you know, becomes more serious and loses people and things happen. Um so I I really like what they did with the character over the course of the show, but he still was uh I don't- a little tough to swallow at the beginning. Yeah, so I, I think, I'd put them in the same spot.
3: I think this is a problem uh, that not just Star Wars, though. I will say it happened a little bit with Ahsoka at the beginning uh, when in, in the beginning of Clone Wars is when they have teenage characters. They write them very like very stereotypical teenagers, yeah. like you know. And I think it's like to write a teenage character with like the right depth and stuff. Sometimes it takes them a while to sort of figure that out. And I think that's across everything outside of Star Wars as well is that, you know, there's there's a whole collection of annoying teenage characters in uh, TV shows and films. But, you know, and I think they did get better about writing Ezra as time went on,
0: as they did with the All right, we'll uh, stop the presses. Lauren and I in full agreement so far at putting Ezra Bridger with our scorching hot take in last place of mm-hmm. ranking the Ghost Crew uh, at number six. All right, give us your number five, uh, uh, Lauren, because it's going to get tougher as we go, I feel for you.
3: Um, justice for Zeb. I'm going to put Zeb
0: <laughs> <laughs> at number five. You want to explain what that means?
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so when we were doing our big 100 person character ranking, Zeb was unjustly left off the list. Uh, even people in Lucasfilm publishing thought that was controversial. I've had <gasps> discussions with them. Uh, <laughs> they were like, they're like, why would you leave Zeb off? And I'm like, I don't know. They decided we can't have that many animated characters.
0: Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to step in a little yeah. bit because- Lauren, most of what she's saying is true, but she's mm-hmm. leaving on her own part in this, in that she forgot about Zeb. I she didn't said, forget she, about 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. No, she I sent an not. email. She sent an email and she said, Oh my God, we forgot to put Zeb in. Now, this is not when the list is already up, mind you, but we've made the list. We've yeah. made the list. We've ranked the no, list. And all of a was... sudden Lauren says, uh, we forgot Zeb. We got to put Zeb in there. I said, Lauren, we've got like, of no, this no, top 100 no. list like 85 of these are animated characters I we didn't cannot not but <laughs> I
3: said that he wasn't on the list. Yeah, I was basically no. saying he should be in the list and then no. you're like there's too many animated characters.
0: And there there we were too many animated characters and we could
3: not too many I offer, I gave
0: you the choice of taking someone off to put him on an uh, yeah. animated character. You could have taken off the freaking Bendu if you wanted to. I would absolutely not take <laughs> off the Bendu.
3: <laughs> Please, he's played by Tom Baker. Are You That's crazy? True. I'm also a Hoovian. I can't do that. I'm 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 Team Lauren on this one. Do we have a space moose in a in, in a show? You gotta put a space moose on. Did Mother Towson make the list at the end? Of, uh, I think Mother Towson was one. I I uh, that was like if we could add somebody. Mother right, Talzin right, was right, the one right, right. I was gonna add. But
0: anyway, I said you could put Zeb on, but you had to. We would have to take someone else off.
3: I wanted to take like Big's dark lighter off, and you're all like, what? Mm. Yeah, he's he's big. In it. No. The
0: mustache alone you're not taking him off the list lauren team Please. dark glider all the way yeah,
3: no 100%. that was the problem i was gonna put him in i mean come on anyway zeb
0: he's,
3: he's, only number five. Five.
0: he's not only number five so he's pretty far down the list for you why
3: um well i mean i think this is mostly i really like zeb i was super excited when he popped up in the season of the uh, uh in the mandalorian um i was like zeb <laughs> um, but just compare basically Zeb is ranked that because I really like the four other characters. Like I just love the four other characters, but I still really like Zeb. And I, I I think he was a really interesting character in terms of him thinking he was sort of the last of his, you know, his, his home planet. He thought had gotten destroyed. He thought he was like the last of his, of his uh, people. And then he sort of discovers that he wasn't um, he was just sort of funny and cantankerous and, you know, he and uh, Ezra and Chopper were always kind of going at it with stuff. So I just sort of liked him. And I, I thought it was like, you know, he was kind of like supposedly like the muscle. But I think he showed sort of a lot of depth and uh, like also just all everything with um with like Lyra's son and like him discovering that his people still lived and all of that kind of stuff. I thought that was pretty
0: new thing. So Devin, what do you want to say about Zeb?
3: I think
2: this is a fair list so far. I mean, so like, far. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad about it. Like, I think, I mean, I also love Zeb and I, I you mm-hmm. know, I think, I think again, it's, it's hard when you're ranking six and, and especially when you're Lauren and you're like, I love every single one of these characters. But I will say, I do remember, um, that episode of The Mandalorian because, you know, I'm on West Coast, so I stay up late to watch it while you guys yeah. get up early. And I, like, I think I emailed you guys at like two in the morning Pacific time being like, Lauren, Lauren, you're gonna lose your mind. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> which was was very. Fun. I, I
3: pretty I pretty much did because I, I was watching it at like six o'clock in the morning in my bed, and of course my husband was sleeping next to me, and I'm like. <laughs> and I was trying not to scream. It's
0: it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. that Zeb has not been in any of the trailers for Ahsoka. Yeah. Because they, they put him in the Mandalorian. So, I we, I mean, Lauren, I don't know about you, but Deb and I talked about this last week. We assume we're going to yeah, see Zeb. Yeah,
3: I assume he's going to be in there. I just don't know if it's like... Because it looks like he's a rebellion. Like, he was with the rebellion pilots. Right. yeah. So, I mean, I assume... I think... Also, I would probably assume that Zeb as a character is probably very expensive to, yes. uh, to like, because that's, like, a full-on, and he looked great in The Mandalorian, and honestly, I, like, there are some, there, the, I have some reservations about Ahsoka in terms of some makeup that's going on, um, but, like, Zeb looks great in The Mandalorian, and so I could just assume that they might be holding Zeb back, because, like, that like, like, every scene with Zeb would just be, like, a, an added expense, at, you know?
0: And it might only be one scene because of yeah, what you just said. True. It yeah. might be, hey, you know, they meet up with him at some base and,
3: yeah, and, you, you know, know,
0: helps him I, do something. I assume and, we're
3: going to see him, but I assume it's just going to be limited just because, you know, um, I mean, they don't have, like, the kind of money you would need for, like, you know, t- turning, you know, Andy Circus into Gollum, you know, right now. Like, these shows are expensive, but that one's just, you know, I don't know.
0: I like Zeb. I I think you got him in the right place, though. I mean, I like him, too, because I think you said it pretty well, Lauren. Like, Mm -hmm. he's the quote-unquote muscle, but he definitely does have depth. Like, certainly that's why I always, like... You guys are like this united front against me, how Wrecker is the best of the Bad Batch. And I keep saying he is very one-dimensional. <laughs> Wrecker is super one-dimensional. Crosshair is much fun. more interesting.
3: Nah, but, I mean, but, okay, I'll give it to you. Crosshair was an interesting, he had an interesting season too,
0: but. Uh, yeah, so like, but but Zeb is, is, maybe starts off a little bit like Wrecker, just like big, you know. Mm-hmm and jokey and but then you you do see that depth as the show goes on so he's a good character it'll be interesting to see how he pops up uh in in ahsoka but again i think you probably got him in the right place at at number five
3: okay all right let's go to number four the next two this was sort of uh this was uh sort of difficult um between the next two but i'm gonna go with chopper as uh number four wow yeah so yeah yeah, so Chopper, as we all know, and I have said many times, Chopper is my absolute favorite droid Can't because be <laughs> because he's bananas. He's just like he's very surly. He's argumentative. Uh, he takes sort of like the argumentativeness of uh, R2D2 and just cranks him up. So he's just constantly like you know, and he's just there was a a, a tweet going around a couple of uh, weeks ago. And it was talking about like, you know, who would be like a, like a, like who, who would you, uh, unexpected, like mass murder or something. And they use chopper as it. And I was just like, yeah, that seems right. You know, he <laughs> just seems kind of crazy. Um, so my, uh, surly little droid chopper is number four.
0: So. Devin, are you surprised at that after all the chopper talk that Lauren's had over the past I year and a am half? I'm
2: surprised at that. I don't know. I might've. Bumped. If it was my personal list, I might have chopper. See, little this bit higher. this was
3: possibly like you know the hardest one because I was like, like I knew Ezra. I was like, ah, Ezra's last. But it's like the <laughs> the next two was like I was kind of flipping back and forth uh, between the two of them. So that these were the you know. But I mean, I love chopper. I love Chopper a lot. I, I love I love how loyal Chopper is to Hera, and he's not loyal to anybody else. He's just like loyal to Hera, and everybody else can go jump off the ship. He he's really a little care bit like a
2: cat. Them. He's like I don't yeah, like any is- of you, but this is my one person.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's basically. I, I will
2: it. tell you that. um, it's Star Wars celebration. Not this year, but last year was when they were they had just started filming Ahsoka, and that's when they first brought out Natasha Lu Bordizzo as as um, Sabine, um, and Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. And they said, "And we have one more star of the show." And they brought out the like the animatronic version. Of I remember Chopper, that. Yeah, and the place like <laughs> lost its collective mind. Like everybody went nuts. They were like, "Oh my god!"
3: It was like being <laughs> at a rock
2: concert. It was incredible. Everybody screaming their heads off for this little tiny orange astromech droid. It was it was pretty incredible
3: my one regret when i uh went to galaxy's edge last year was they had a chopper droid that like it was remote control <gasps> chopper droid and i didn't get it and i'm like oh, i should have gotten a chopper droid i think about that like once a week and i like look around online to get it i'm like no yeah i can't so
0: how much was the chopper droid that's
3: a hundred bucks but we were having an issue with our daughter wanted to build a droid at the droid depot but it was like a hundred dollars and we had told her no that she couldn't because it was too much so i was like oh, i can't go and buy a droid <laughs> for now yourself. and Do that was th- like one of those things where my husband was like he he had seen it first and he was like no and i was like
1: oh, I <laughs> <Disney> <laughs> world,
0: why not?" what the ultimate dunk move on your daughter if you had bought that for yourself <laughs> yeah. i would have respected it I so think much she would
3: have at least been like well we got a droid okay fine mm-hmm. But she like, doesn't no, have my a husband- job. How is she going to pay yeah, it for it? exactly. <laughs> it's your money. My husband had said no, and you know, it's like when your parents, you're like, okay. Night in <laughs> front, though. I think this is not the you know that we've had discussions about the droid, uh, the droid incident <laughs> many times.
0: The but- incident. I love it's an incident. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, L- Lauren and I have argued plenty of times over who's the better droid, Chopper K two S O, and you know from my T shirt that I'm k- firmly K two S O. That said, Chopper's a great character, and I can't tell you all how hard I worked at this year's Star Wars celebration to try to interview Chopper. Like there were <laughs> high level discussions about me interviewing Chopper, which by the way, would not have been my first robot interview. Cause I interviewed the Zingbot from big brother uh, multiple <laughs> times. So I've got experience with, with robot interviews, but I was like, it'll be hilarious. Like he can just beep and boop. And then later we'll like caption it. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. with, with what he's saying, like, it'll be so funny. And like, just couldn't make it happen, but it would have been great.
3: Question though is: Is Chopper covered by SAG? Because you could probably do it. Uh, right
2: probably now. could be. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's like I one of my favorite interviews I've ever done is I interviewed Goose the cat from Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Incredible interview, ten out of ten. <laughs> Cannot recommend enough. But I will say, I mean, when you see those those droids like on set or like rolling around at, at big press events, it's kind of magical. It's like,
3: pretty cool. I I remember seeing um uh uh bb8 they had him in like the ew office yeah i don't know we all like maybe it was around the time of last jedi and i remember i got to like i snuck down with the social team and was like yeah i'm part of the social team no i wasn't um just so i could see bb8 and it was pretty cool looking it was pretty uh cool to see how interactive they are you know in person
2: i've told the story but i was backstage at d23 one year and they had um i think it was just r2 and bb8 and so i was in the backstage area which is where we were doing the ew interviews and all the celebrities who would go on stage would immediately come back come back and you would just like see them milling about and having conversations mm-hmm. and you know like i think it was last year that was there was that great photo of um ki kwan and uh Oh, Harrison and Ford. And Harrison yeah, that Ford, was really like, cool. reuniting back. It's a great, it's really fun to see these people. Um, but the the most starstruck everybody was, was R2-D2 and BB-8. Like, Emily Blunt lost her <laughs> mind. She was like, oh, my God, like, ran down the hallway and was like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's R2-D2 and BB-8. It was incredible. Um, and it's just like, there's something magic about, you know, the, the seeing those droids brought to life. So I'm really excited to see Chopper in live action. And I think that's going to be super fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI.
0: So, listen, we're halfway through Lauren's list ranking all of the uh, Ghost crew members. We got three down, we got three to go, and then we're gonna have Rosario Dawson from uh- uh- a with an interview after that. But. Lauren, like I said, it's going to get tougher each time. Uh, you mentioned that number four and number three were flipping mm-hmm. back and forth. So what is number three?
3: Number three is Sabine Wren. I was I was like, for a while I was going to put Chopper, and I was like, oh, I can't do that to Sabine. I really do like Sabine. Uh, And Sabine was kind of, a, is a super interesting character because she's kind of, you know, the Mandalorians we've seen before have been so sort of martial and you know, let's fight. And like, you know, they've been so, but like here's Sabine who is an artist. She's also a very skilled fighter and she's, you know, and we, we learned sort of some of her backstory that she's very smart at, at certain things, but like, we just sort of said, like it was just kind of interesting to see a Mandalorian who was not really like a typical Mandalorian. I mean, she's from a very important house on Mandalore and stuff like that, like, that, uh, and that. So she's got that whole sort of tradition that Bo-Katan and Satine uh, had to deal with as well um but i just thought like her uh i keep talking about everyone's arcs but when you kind of find out that like you know she is like really just a rebel in her whole entire community she's sort of estranged from various mandalorians at the beginning of the show she's working with the ghost crew uh and then we kind of find out that she was had actually been at the imperial academy uh but she had made some unfortunate choices she was like she her story and Galen Erso's story are sort of very similar in that they wound up working for the Empire, but then discovering that the technology that they were making for the Empire was being used against, uh, you know, D- Galen, obviously the Death Star, but uh, Sabine, she found out that the technology she had invented had been used to subjugate Mandalore. And so her all of the com- conflict that she had about that and being estranged from her house and all of that kind of stuff. So I just think like. Sabine's a really interesting character. She's really like and, and it was funny though when the Mandalorians started and we saw Din and who would just never take his helmet off. And I'm like, why is he not taking his helmet off? Sabine had her helmet off constantly. What's going on here? Like, why is he not taking his helmet off? So it was just sort of interesting to see, like, you know, the sort of different levels and uh of uh Mandalorians, but I always just thought that Sabine is probably one of the most interesting Mandalorians in ours, because I think in general, a lot of Mandalorians are kind of assholes. Uh, so, <laughs> but she's kind of interesting, so.
0: Devin, you and I have both spoken to Natasha Leo Bordizo, who's playing Sabine live action. What do you, what do you think of, uh, Sabine being ranked here at three and what did sort of Natasha tell you about taking on this character?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's tough because, I mean, I think we're getting into to the top of the, top of the list. And I mean, I think there's an argument to make for putting Sabine at number one, but I think there's also an argument, argument to be made to put her at number three. Um, yeah, it was really fun to talk to Natasha about this character and how she, like, really, like, obsessed over um, her arc in Clone Wars. And it's... Lauren, I think you're 100% right. I think Sabine is one of the characters, specifically in the Clone Wars, who we've seen... or Excuse me, in Rebels, who we've seen um, grow the most. Mm -hmm. And I think that arc is what makes her really interesting. She's almost, like... I'm really curious to see kind of what her role is in the Ahsoka show because she's almost like being billed as a little bit of like a co-lead or a second lead under yeah. Rosario, um, which, you know, she's obviously a huge part of Rebels, but not necessarily like, I, I don't know if I would call her like, not necessarily like the lead in a way that, you know, she seems to be in Ahsoka. Um, so I'm really curious to kind of see how that kind of plays out. We see her like, is she undergoing Jedi training? She picks yeah, up a lightsaber. Yeah, It's fascinating. That's when
3: I saw the trailers, I was like, what, hold on, what's going on here? Because I mean, I know she had all the training with the Darksaber, but the Darksaber is so specific to Mandalore and, you know, there are a lot of non-Jedi people who wield it. So, but this is like, she specifically, it looks like she has Ezra's, uh, Ezra's um, lightsaber and also she's calling ahsoka master so i'm like what's going on here like that was the thing with the trailer i was like huh hold on you know so
2: yeah i'm very curious to see how that all plays out and natasha talked about how much fun it was to get to train specifically with a lightsaber and learn Mm. how to wield it and like the amount of like training and sword fighting that has to go into that is is really extraordinary i mean i don't know i'm excited i hope we get some good lightsaber battles in this one yeah
0: I think Sabine would be number two for me, probably. Mm-hmm. Um but like Devin said, I think, you know, you have her in the right area. Would probably be two for me because so much story revolved around her. Yeah. She is punky and funky when you first meet yeah. her, and that is fun because she's so different from the other Mandalorians that we've you know that we've met to that point. Um so that's sort of refreshing. And uh, and not in an annoying way because usually those characters a lot of times can be super annoying, but yeah. she yeah. wasn't. And then so much story revolved around her, and 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 her story was really deep. So so I probably put her at number two. the The biggest question I have for you all is: short hair Sabine or long hair Sabine?
3: Short hair Sabine. I mean, uh, speaking as someone who has short hair right now, like,
1: <laughs> I don't know. I
2: I do like the short hair. I think it's I think it's pretty good. I don't know. Mm. You, i like
0: the long hair in the trailer i mean it yeah looks cool. i like that I know. Well. and then she cool. immediately
2: chops it off
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> but oh well <unfortunately.
3: laughs> i will good. say that um of all the act uh, of all the characters that made the transfer to live action i think sabine looks the best like she looks like amazing in live action i've got some uh some issues with some of the other transfers but uh but she just looks like i was like oh yeah that's spot on for what sabine would look like in live action
0: uh, all right, I agree with with that. She looks amazing. All right, yeah. so Sabine would probably be my number two. I'm guessing that Lauren's number two would would be who uh, would be my number three. And I'm guessing that Lauren and I are going to have the same number one, but maybe I'm wrong. Let's find out, Lauren. Who's your number two member of the Ghost Group?
3: My number two member of the Ghost Crew is Kanan and aka go. Caleb Doom. Uh, he was I think uh, Kanan has a really interesting storyline in terms of just being someone who was a Padawan who survived Order 66. They were discovering that's not super rare anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, just like his whole storyline of him surviving Order 66. And I actually did read the, uh, the book about Hera and Kanan which name I cannot remember. New Dawn, I think. Yeah, New Dawn. Uh, and that was kind of really interesting because at that time, like Kanan really was not using his force powers at all. And it was really like, he was just, he was totally underground. He was basically kind of just doing kind of work for Ayer stuff. He met Hera and then it was just sort of like, they, they kind of got, you know, and he, he winds up using his force power in a really interesting way in the book. And it was sort of like she realizes, you know, that he's, you know, he was actually training to be a Jedi. And then it's sort of like you see, you know, this is course of him. Uh, you know, he never made the level of Jedi master. And like, you know, he was still a Padawan when his uh, his master died. But like he, you know, he makes the, you know, he, he, he makes to, to be a Jedi knight. He takes on uh, Ezra as his own Padawan. And it's sort of like really interesting, I think, with Kanan is just seeing someone who is basically kind of being a Jedi in his own way, like he obviously, that whole celibacy thing, He's like, yeah, no. Um, he was just like, you know, <laughs> he's just like, nah, I'm the only one around. I'm not doing that anymore.
0: Um, every I, single person that's done any Star Wars project yeah. since George Lucas has tried to work around that whole yeah, no love yeah, thing. Like, it's like every book, every show, every movie, they're just like, God, why did he have to do that? <laughs> yeah,
3: but he's just basically like, yeah, I'm, there's nobody around here. There's no Jedi Council. Ah, yeah. You know, I don't care. Um, and uh, but I think it's like his affection for uh, Hera is like kind of really moving between the two of them and like their relationship over the course of the show. Although I was really confused and like whatever, like the fourth season when they were finally getting together and I was like, hold, hold on. I thought you guys were already together. So in the fourth season, I was just like, hold on. You two haven't like, what's going on in here? Cause I just thought they were kind of like the mom and dad of the ghost crew. Um, but I, I just think Kanan's a super interesting character um i really like the all sort of the backstories that we've gotten to see in other stuff like we see in the bad batch like the opening in the bad batch we see uh how he did a a survive order 66 and that the bad batch had something to do with it and all that kind of stuff so i think kanan's a really a great character and he is he and her are actually my favorite star wars romantic relationship which might be slightly controversial to say but um but yeah, so Kanan's number
0: two. Wow, mm-hmm. Leia and Han taking a back seat. That's yeah, uh, that is a hot take. It uh, <laughs> right. is a hot um, take. Laura, I got a two-part question for you. Part one, just yes or no. Mm-hmm. Will we see Kanan Jarrus on Ahsoka? Now I have a follow-up. I
3: don't think so. I think they're going to reference it. I'm curious if they're going we're going to see Jason Sendula, um, you know, uh, Harris kid on this. So. Yeah, I, I assume so. so. Yeah, yeah, I assume that you know he will be. I don't know about Kanan. Like, I mean, maybe we'll like you know. I mean, I don't know. Would he be played by Freddie Prince Jr.? I don't know because he did the voice for Kanan. I think I'm,
0: you. Could. I think you, uh, there's no reason you couldn't use Freddie Prinze. Yeah, Jr. that's true. And I guess I mean, the the question would be if he does show up, is it flashback or is it Force Ghost?
3: Oh, that's interesting. Because I mean, he we do hear him in Rise of Skywalker. He is one of the Force Ghosts. Uh, that does appear in Rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, we very much could, you know. I am curious about, uh, we have not, you know, I know that there's lots of rumor about Hayden Christensen, so I'm pretty sure it's like, are we seeing a Force ghost? Are we seeing a flashback? Uh, If we do see Force ghost uh, Anakin, it's like, why did he not ever appear to his grandson? Uh, There's some questions about Force ghost Anakin, but uh, yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, I would be really happy to see it, but I would like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, curious of you know whether or not we
0: would but um we'll find out it just seems mm-hmm. weird if you're gonna have every single member of the ghost crew and you're i could see dave filoni well, one of them, them is of, dead dalton yeah one of them i know dead, but like so. but has that ever stopped star wars before well, has that ever, that ever I'm, stopped star i'm wars?
3: curious about if we would actually see a live action version of captain rex because Tim Morrison would, you know, could play him. And honestly, he's got the hairline for him right now. So I, I am curious to see if we would see that. Yeah, he's but especially- how,
0: well, how old would he be? They got that advanced age, rapid no, aging. But he, I mean, and he, do like sur- 300. he
3: survived till the Battle of Endor. Like, he fought in the Battle of Endor. So, I which mean, is and all,
0: which is really pushing it when you think of the, I mean, they haven't yeah, like I mean, really exactly gone over the math of the like, you know, advanced long, or rapid yeah. aging, but like,
3: I mean, he might be super, he might be super old, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super surprised, but you know, I am, I was curious to see that because we haven't seen uh, Captain Rex in live action. And I don't know if it would just be super confusing to people being like, why is Boba Fett?
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 So. Well, Kanan was who I would have had at number three, which means Mm -hmm. that we do have the same number one. I don't know if it's also Devin's number one as well. (laughs) This is fascinating that all three of us have the same number one, who obviously Lauren is, is Hera and I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll let you by process of elimination, everyone's figured that out. (laughs)
3: Yeah, figured
0: that out. I'll let you first um, tell us why Hera is your number one. I find it really interesting that all three of us have her as number one, but go ahead.
3: I think she was ranked higher than Kanan in the in the hundred uh person ranking, if I recall correctly. But um she was. I love yeah, I love her because she's a great leader, but she's not one of but she's a great leader, but she's compassionate. She cares about her crew, you know, she's obviously super dedicated to the rebellion, you know, she could probably fly uh Han Solo, outfly Han Solo, I think like you know she's just sort of like i think she's such a great character she's like i don't know she just became like one of my favorite characters once uh you know uh when i was watching star wars rebels because you know she was like she was so competent at what she did she knew what she was doing she was like you know she became a general in the rebel the the uh, alliance to to um for the rebellion rebel alliance sorry excuse me um uh the
0: alliance who were rebels <laughs> I, I could
3: not remember the i could not remember like i know the entire uh you know the alliance or whatever the whole rebellion is i can't remember that right now um the rebel alliance um and I just think, like, I thought, you know, as I mentioned, I really enjoyed her relationship with Kanan, but I liked the fact that for her, the relationship with Kanan always kind of took a backseat. She's like, yeah, yeah, I like you, whatever. I, I have a rebellion to fight, <laughs> like, you know. And so I think that was one of the interests that why I, I really enjoyed their romance is that, like the romance between them wasn't her whole storyline. She had so many other things going on and the romance was kind of on the side. She's like, she's like, she's like, I, and like, and even when they were talking about like, you know, what are we going to do when, you know, this, like, you know, this war is over. She's like, I can't honestly even think about the war being over. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just dedicated to the war. Um, so I just think she's such a, she's such a great character. She's such an, like an admirable character. Um, You know, she's just the kind of person you want to have on your team. Uh, You know, uh, she's just like, I think uh, just and, and she's like decent, but also like it's hard to make sometimes a decent character, like super compelling, but they did. So, um, cause I, I noticed that, you know, other people, they always think, oh, good people are boring, but no, I think she's a really interesting
0: character. All right. Devin, why is she your number one?
2: Yeah. I think for all the same reasons Lauren mentioned, I love that she has like a, like a competency and a, like a charisma that I think is like really, really delightful. And and I don't know, I, I just I really fell in love with her the first time I watched Rebels. And she's probably the character I'm most excited to see brought into live action. I really, really love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's like one of my favorite actresses right now. And so I'm really curious to see kind of her portrayal of this character, again, who is like sort of Post rebellion and and you mm-hmm. know who is like like Lauren said is sort of like dedicated her entire life to this cause and this fight and you know the fight's kind of over I mean it's not hundred percent over because obviously there's still a lot of you know imperial bad guys running around but um, it, it's a very different kind of space and so I'm really curious to see kind of like what this character does like in. That space, and I don't know. I'm 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 just really excited to to see that character brought into live action because, again, it's just is a character I really fell in love with and immediately just like clicked with when it, the first time I watched Rebels.
0: Well, yeah, you know, she she's my number one as well. And why I was surprised that she was Oliver's number one is because I mean, look, Ezra's the lead of the show, right? Mm-hmm. When that show started, but Hera is the leader of the crew, right? And she mm-hmm. is the heart of the show. And she's the heart of the crew, but it's interesting because this is a show and a crew with a lot of flashy personalities, right? We talked about Sabine, we talked about Ezra when he first started causing mischief, Zeb, Chopper, (laughs) Chopper, I know. So you have all these like bells and whistles everywhere, and then Hera is just like just like you know playing the quote unquote sort of straight man, so to speak, to all this sort of chaos happening around her. Um. So, it's interesting that the three of us gravitated the most towards her. You know what I mean? Like she's not sort of the fun, wacky, crazy, funny lines or 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 going off half cocked and and but that's what makes her so appealing. yeah, she's is sort the of like, stability, you know yeah. and like you said, Lauren, you said it perfectly like she's she's like a a, a normal, good character who's interesting somehow without having to like be flashy,
3: yeah. She's sort of like the calm in the center of the storm because like the funny thing about the ghost crew is that they don't get along with each other. Like there's all these different, like, you know, like Zeb doesn't get along with Ezra sometimes and Chopper's just basically being mad at everybody. (laughs) And like, you know, Kanan has his issues with like, like, you know, there's all these sort of people having like interpersonal conflicts, but everybody respects Hera. Everybody listens to Hera. Like, so she's basically like, when Harris says something, everyone's like, okay, we're doing this, you know, basically. I mean, there's been, a, there were a few times when they kind of were like, okay, we're not gonna, you know, but, you know, but she's, she, she finds her way to support all of these different personalities and get them to work together and make them into a sort of a unified, uh, a unified family.
2: This is something Mary Elizabeth Winstead spoke about in our interview about Ahsoka is, is she talked about the reason she fell in love with this character is how she's like incredibly competent and like an incredible general, but also has this maternal warmth. And she was like, mm-hmm. you don't always see those two like elements kind of go hand in hand, um, especially like in the sci-fi space. And so I, I really loved that. And that's sort of, I also felt drawn to Hera for that same reason.
0: Yeah. I, I'm with Devin. I'm really excited to see this character in live action. It's funny because Lauren's made several allusions to makeup. And I love it when <laughs> Lauren just gets something haunt. in her craw and, like, will not let it go. So, I mean, clearly you have a problem with the, with the Hera live-action look. What is your... What's Basically, your
3: it's the context. I was just was sort of like, I know Mary Elizabeth Winstead, I don't believe has blue eyes. And I'm just like, that that color that they have on her eyes, I was like, you know, down the, uh, back a bit. Like, there's just certain things. Like, I have a problem with um, uh, Ahsoka's headtails. Like, I don't think they look particularly great right now. I mean, I know that's kind of well, difficult. Well, they've worked on that since,
0: since you changed on Mandalorian it quite times. Yeah. I've
3: heard they've, they've changed it, but I still have seen photos. And I'm still like, mm. I mean, and I know that's kind of difficult because these things are headpieces and things like that. So I just, you know, there's some some eye color choices where I'm like, mm, I think we should probably have, you know, dialed that back a little bit. Because gen- there's just sometimes, yeah. it, it's like with um Daniel Radcliffe playing Harry Potter, like Daniel Radcliffe has blue eyes, Harry Potter had green eyes, and basically they tried green eyes and they were like that looks weird and then they just were like okay Harry Potter in the films has blue eyes you know so I think there's sometimes when you have to look at things and you're like yeah I know that's canonically not right but we're just gonna have to go with that but my biggest
2: issue with that not to turn this into a Harry Potter side thing is that then then they cast a uh, the young actress who plays his mother with like just the brownest eyes you've ever seen and you spend the entire all eight movies being like wow Harry you look exactly like your dad but you have your mother's eyes your mother's eyes that come up like nine thousand well, times, that was and like they're also
3: like, hey, I, whatever they cast like basically people who look like they were forty for Harry's parents, and they were supposed to be like twenty one or something. Yeah, at the well, same. and then
2: they—I'm so. talking about like when they cast the young actress in the flashbacks, yeah. and they're like, yeah, yeah whatever, we're not the. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they
0: also spent eight movies basically covering his, his most famous aspect, his scar. They just kept like putting his hair, like. Yeah. I mean, do yeah. they have yeah. the money <laughs> to like put in like a <laughs> like a, a, a scar? The makeup person, like, can you not do that? that? Should have like... been
3: the cheapest makeup to do, but yeah, they just were basically like yeah, I'll just put, put some bangs on you. No, but I'm but. with
2: you, Lauren. I think sometimes mm-hmm. contact lenses can be a little funky. Like sometimes they look great and they, yeah. you know, are are perfect. But other times you're just like a little bit like, oh, do human beings and or, or Twi'leks like, have eyes to those
3: colors? I mean, and the, honestly, the thing is I'm seeing like press stills, which are lit a certain way. So maybe like once we actually see it in the show, it, like and when it's in darker lighting, I won't be bothered right now. But there's just some sort of like, yeah. yeah that didn't work so but you know uh but i mean it's also like it's hard to make people who are of alien nature uh look the same on a television budget
0: and yet you still ranked her number one so lauren i mean yes final ranking hera number one kanan number two sabine number three chopper four zeb five ezra six Uh, lauren honestly my ranking would have been the same except i would have swapped kanan and sabine so Mm -hmm. we were very very close It sounds like Devin was pretty close, too.
2: Honestly,
3: yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Lauren has impeccable taste. This is why we (laughs) keep her around. (laughs) No.
0: Sammy, edit that out of the podcast, please. We don't want anything of Lauren having impeccable taste. Have have you
3: missed my impeccable taste on the podcast?
0: Uh, We certainly have. Listen, we have missed having you here. It's so fun, though, having you back that you're able to sort of check in from time to time. Mm -hmm. Um, and with your busy schedule, to let us know your 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 very passionate thoughts on all things <laughs> Star Wars, Lauren. Thank, this has been awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh, you know, I know I will. Uh, when Ahsoka uh, uh, comes out, I know I shall be texting you my deranged opinions about it. So,
0: well, yeah, we're well, the we're, three of us are still texting all the time. Oh, yeah, oh, like, yeah, so like, literally every here. day. <laughs> yeah, like, too much, Pretty honestly, about, <laughs> yes. too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, All right, it was awesome having Lauren back. Make sure to hit her up on social media and tell her uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, But we're not done. We're not done by a long shot because Devin sat down and chatted with Ahsoka herself, Rosario Dawson, before the actors' strike. And we have some of that conversation coming up for you right after this super quick break.
1: Thank
2: you so much for joining me, Rosario. I'm so excited to get to chat with you a little bit about Ahsoka. Thank you.
1: I'm very excited to talk about it, to be able to talk about it.
2: I was going to say, is it nice? I know like the last couple of years have been just, you've been sworn to secrecy. Is it nice that it's like almost
1: here and you can actually start to tell people about it? I think the key though is that I can start to tell people because I still don't have all the information. They will not give it to me just in case for spoilers. Like I will probably see the show exactly the same time as everybody else.
2: You're like, oh, when we were with the volume and like they 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 were gonna put in this this creature, you're like, oh, that's what it's gonna look like.
1: <laughs> it's kind of wild to like be a part of one of the biggest projects of my life and be told like say nothing, see nothing, do nothing. I'm like, really? Okay, cool. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, but but it's coming up and it's coming up soon. Um, but I yeah. I, I kind of wanted to start by like going back a couple years to the Mandalorian And, and take me back to the, like the first time you saw yourself in full costume as Ahsoka. Tell me a little bit about what that moment was like.
1: I wish I had it like immediately on my phone to look up exactly, but you can see I was taking pictures and video of myself, like throwing on my costume for the first time. And I'm literally doing jumping jacks. Like I was so hype and excited and I can remember seeing John and Dave's face like, ooh, did we make the right decision? She's a little hyped fangirl, (laughs) but I had to like kind of just have it in my body. I think as a fan of the character, it just felt so exciting to be dressed as Ahsoka, but in a new costume and a new look and knowing we were establishing that and that the story was continuing- because that's just, as a fan, I just, I want more. So it's just exciting to be a part of that.
2: Oh, I love that. And yeah, I know you've talked about being a fan of this character, even before, you know, signing on to this show. What was it about this character? And what was it about Ahsoka that you really connected with or, or kind of found
1: yourself fascinated by? I think, you know, she's just so... I've always loved her confidence and her capability. I love what an incredible... um fierce, passionate, true, loyal being she is. Like she just, there's something so consistent about her. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not tried. It's not challenged. She's, It's not provoked that she's not had sacrifice. Like we've just been able to grow up with her in a way that is, I think just so remarkable. Like she's just one of, I think one of has one of the s- most fire, arcs in all of star Wars history and to see where she started and where she's going is just super exciting, um, to see someone so complex, but like, but just really, she's got such a genuineness to her. And even when she was like, you know, tenacious, spunky, whatever, there was always just this, um, I don't know. She's such an expert. She's such a master. And to see her get better and better. I think that's so interesting when someone is so talented and so skilled and so expert, and you can still see that they have levels to go to, you know, like we always, when you look at someone who's capable and you're like, okay, that's it. And you move on. And I think there's something so remarkable about being able to see through that and know that you can ask for more, that you can push it further. And that's what's required of a warrior like her. Um, But seeing her grapple with that, because, you know, even with these like Jedi tales that came out and you see her origin story as a little baby um, and how how force sensitive she was at such a young age and that the power of it actually really was really to see her, her family, her community, her mom, her dad and these animals and creatures around her all kind of surrender to it, like acknowledge, truly acknowledge it um, is, is so powerful. And to so imagine experiencing that at such a young age, her whole life where people are looking at her knowing she's special and that she's never taken that for granted and that it's never been, well, you've got that and that doesn't mean you can get to higher heights. You, it, I think, you know, there, my, my namesake, my tia Rosario, I remember before she passed, she had told me I was 19, I flew myself out from Chicago. I was filming Light It Up with Usher and Vanessa Williams. I flew my mom out from New York, and I flew my grandmother out from South Carolina to go down to Puerto Rico so we could be with her before she passed. And my Tia Rosario was the one in my family who had was a little better off, and she had taken care of my grandmother because of that, because my grandmother was sickly when she was younger, and she couldn't stay with her siblings and her mom. And so she could see directly to me, my Tia Rosario being like, I see you following that same path as the one who can take care and is like leaned on early on. I was only 19 and I was already shouldering a lot of the bills and responsibilities. And she was like, I just want you to know Rosario that your prayers are no less answered by God, that it is okay for you to ask for more, even if you already have more than the people around you. Like do not curb your desires, your passions, your whatever it is and, and, and acknowledge that and know that before God, that that's, that's okay. That, you know, you can have that relationship with God too. And I, there's something about that, that I think of interestingly, probably like no other character I've played before with her. We're just knowing that that push for more, that desire for more, that challenge that she pushes herself to is okay and that it's actually remarkable and important. And I think that's that's one of the things I've been drawn to her over the years, is the fact that even with her excellence, she continues to push it further.
0: Oh, I love
2: that. And that makes so much sense because like you said, this is a character we've seen through so many different stages in her life. We've seen her as a young child. We've seen her as the Padawan. We've seen her, you know, as starting to, you know, kind of find her footing. We see her in Rebels. I mean, tell me a little bit about sort of this version of Ahsoka in in this show. Kind of where is she on
1: her journey? Well, I think you've kind of gotten a little hint of it, right? In in Mandalorian and Boba Fett, she seems very lone wolf. Um, And we kind of felt that as well coming off of Rebels. You know, she works with all of these different folks, but she's really kind of on her own in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And so for me, what I really liked about this is that we get to kind of flesh that out a little bit more. We get to see what that's like for her in this position and where she is in her life and the path that she's choosing as a sort of Ronin, you know, kind of just this this kind of warrior on her own. And and I, I, I really loved that, you know, we kind of get to rekindle some of these relationships that she's had from the past from this chosen family that she has. And you know, this mission that she's been on, right? She's looking for Thrawn. She believes he's still alive. Um, And behind that also is the desire to, you know, to know what happened to Ezra and what's going on with him because they have such a beautiful relationship when they met and he saved her life basically (laughs) in the world between worlds. And, you know, in that moment where, you know, that was a lot of the inception for me, even coming into the character was because Boss Logic had drawn a fan cast of me and was like, hashtag Ahsoka lives, you know? Um, and it, and it was just like really beautiful to kind of like lean into that. And, um, so I, I just, I think that there's, uh, the reality of, you know, they've, they've, there's a lot that's been accomplished, but there's, there's, there's more to step into. And I, and I think we're seeing her, you know, in, in the animation, you saw her go to the white, but what I loved is that there was an, um, an idea that there was even another level to her. And we talked a lot about like Gandalf the gray and Gandalf the white, Dave and I, (laughs) and really just talking about that transition and what that was for someone, again, very capable and, and expert and excellent and looked up to as the leader and still has levels of development to go to. And so we talked a lot about that, that that's kind of where she's at. And again, there's, there's a loneliness to that. Like there's humor and there's camaraderie and there's all of that, but there's still a very, it's a very solitary Lifestyle, And I think you're kind of seeing all of these characters that we love and where they've kind of graduated to as, you know, general Harrison Dula and seeing, you know, that there is this relationship with her and Sabine and this, this, this decision, this adventure that they're deciding to go on, you know, in the animation. And, and you can just wonder about what that is.
2: I love that. And yeah, tell me a little bit about working with Dave on this, because this is a character and and a, and a journey that is so personal to him, you know, from talking to him. he He loves this character and has loved kind of shepherding this character, you know, over all these years. What means the most to you from like your conversations with him about this
1: character? I mean, I just love... Like when I'm asking him a question, I'm asking it from my character's creator. Like there is no like ambiguity about the answers that I'm getting. Like it is very direct and very specific. And so I can get really detailed and specific about my asks and my questions. He's like, I mean, beyond Wikipedia, he is just like a full encyclopedia of everything Star Wars and kind of also a lot of other things. Like he's a really brilliant man and he's incredibly kind and good and, um, you know, just the energy he brings to set every single day. It's palpable. You miss him when he's not on set and he's, but he's just running all the things he's, we've got, you know, usually two crews going on at the exact same time. We've got multiple different directors. We've got, you know, and we're shooting them at the same time. So we'll be shooting on the same day, you know, scenes from episode one, two, three, four, like, you know, we're jumping around. He's got a lot that he's got in his head and it's just, it's just, it feels so remarkable. It, it it grounds us. It gives us a, a kind... Because for so many of us, as much as we love it, it's still new. And our approach to it is brilliant because we have a different outside perspective. And so the collaboration ends up being really remarkable. And I've been really felt so grateful for the times, any of my suggestions that are heard and that lands and that we explore, um, just feels really exciting. Cause as he says, you know, it's really different as an animator, creating this character and working with the voice actors, it's so controlled. And then you get into this live action environment and everybody's just doing their own thing and owning their own space. And he's like, it's so revelatory that he's not completely in control of exactly even where her elbow is. Like, that there's this other freedom to explore. And so it's been really cool to see him actually lean into that. Cause I think for all of us, we're doing something different than we ever have before. And it's been really fun to watch him be like, not everybody can make that transition from animation to live action, you know? And it's been really brilliant to watch him from Mandalorian on kind of really step into his power. And I could not be happier for him, but he's got a film Like, I just think as, as my uncle's a comic book artist, like that is so rare. Um, And, and I, he, but he really has a storytelling eye on like every single dimension and he's just really brilliant at it. So it's, it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous gift to have him on set every day.
2: It's fun talking to you because you, you sort of – uh you really seem like you care about the lore and like you've done the deep dives and like is that – are you somebody who like really kind of like loves to do the deep dive and kind of like obsess, or is this just like a Star Wars Ahsoka
1: thing? I mean I do like the deep dive. I think that's what I've really enjoyed about – my career thus far is all. I think I have. I've, I've since learned I have an ADHD brain, so that's probably why that works for me so well. Because I get to just like hyper focus on something and then pivot. Um, and so for me, it's just it's to have like to be working and I'm watching rebels or you know I'm you know training and being you know and like working and learning about my body and. And studying people like Bruce Lee to get into the mindset of like a someone at least I can relate to that's human who I think is probably one of the closest sort of connections to someone like Ahsoka and her excellence. You know, like it's it's the people like Muhammad Ali that really represent. Like when you mention that to people, when you mention those people, like the 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 level of integrity that these these men have had. That is the idea around them. Like, you know, I was talking to folks who were working on the film for Muhammad Ali and it was like, you know, you'd get these ask, ask these questions and things that you needed and it'd be like the normal no kind of stuff or, you know, the the issues in the way. And then you say it's for Muhammad Ali and people just would open up because it's just there's just something so mythic. But not These are not gods. These are not characters that were just made up that we can just give all of these incredible qualities. These are real human beings who we saw manifest themselves in a way that we could only hope. You know, we watch all these tips and things, but it's so hard to grapple with that kind of level of discipline. And that that is who Ahsoka is. That is who Anakin is. Like the level of dis Obi-Wan, like these are characters that have discipline and like the meanings of those words of integrity have a different weight. And I just love that I got to kind of lean into that and study that and observe that and, and let that kind of wash over me. Because I think I bring a lot to characters oftentimes, but this is definitely one where I really just benefit, benefited from immersing myself.
2: That makes total sense. And yeah, that was something I wanted to ask you about is like the physical elements of this role and the training that you went through. I mean, you've obviously done like a lot of really impressive projects in your life, but this seems like it's on a totally other level.
1: I mean, I've, you know, I've got characters and vehicles and you know, guns or things like that. But like, I got two lightsabers. I don't know what to tell you. I'm (laughs) the coolest thing ever. Like I would have so many moments as if I had like dropped into a VR experience. They'd be calling action. I'd just be like, Oh, right, right, right. Let me get into the scene. But I just like look down, the lightsabers would light up and everything I'm looking at, like I'm looking down, I'm looking around me. I'm like, oh, my God, I just dropped it to Star Wars. Oh, wait, this isn't the game. Let me (laughs) let me work. Get to work. But it's 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 remarkable. It's really exciting. And it feels like that with everyone. And Josh, who works Chopper um, and all the other droids and stuff like that, you know, we talk about it all the time. And he's just like, you know, everyone in the crew are people who if you talk to them, they saw the making of Star Wars or something when they were kids and just wanted to be there. And so like everyone's just bringing this excitement and enthusiasm and energy every single day. And it's hard. The level of detail and the specificity, like Ming as my trainer does not play. I'm telling, I literally almost cried. I've mentioned this before, but like the first compliment she gave me months into training was that one didn't make my eyes hurt. (laughs) And I was like almost cried. I was like, really? Like That was a huge compliment coming from her because she's so intense. Tell me a little bit about, you know, working
2: specifically with what goes into working with double lightsabers.
1: I have to say, I'm definitely really glad that I've read all those things about brain tricks and brushing your teeth with your left hand and all that kind of stuff that I've been doing over the years because it's like... To be ambidextrous is a real, like, it's really interesting. Like you start, you're working with one arm, but this other one is like, you know, that was a constant thing of like making sure where's the other arm going as you're, this is perfect. But then this one is, you know, and it's very specific about just like where, so I would do these. I remember I I worked up this thing with Caitlin, who was my stunt woman on Mandalorian and she was filming, she lives in Georgia and was filming there. And when I was filming Haunted Mansion, I was started training with her early. And then I would work with her on the weekends while we filmed. And so this way I could do seven day weeks because I was just like, I just want to keep training. I don't want to get it out of my body. I am not a workouty person. I'm not that kind of thing. So I really just, I don't want to lag at all. Um, and so it was great. So we worked out like one of some of our like exercises and things of just like doing things to keep my shoulders up, my arms at certain levels, because it's just not a natural position to come up to here all the time, but it has to feel really, these positions have to feel really organic to her. Um, and so we would just find these different tricks and things of like what we could do. And, you know, when we got to that point where Ming was saying, you know, this, this one didn't make my eyes hurt, just like. I know it sounds super harsh, but like, that's huge coming from a woman who literally moved to a temple when she was nine years old and studied martial arts every single day for 10 years, saw her family once a year. She's represented China for martial arts, like and her, and she's got that in her family. Like it goes back generations. So she's just like the level of discipline and like, is just on a, on a, on a whole other stratosphere. And so if you're not fully like, sweating, like dripping, like you've been drenched, like you're not putting in enough effort in her opinion, you know? And so I just, I I loved that. I loved the different ways we figured it out. And when I got to a point where that dexterity of the, the I wasn't having to be as mindful of where my left hand was in relation to my right and constantly focusing on which one was a strike, but I could actually start independently. I mean, I'm not Ursula here. I can't, these are not like tentacles that have their own brains and like can really, you know, there's definitely still moments where like, okay, I need to bring that arm up or whatever it's not my go to i haven't actually been doing it for decades like like my character or, or or ming but just to get to that point when it was it was just very satisfying for a character that is so physical and to start feeling any confidence in that space just was you know was volumes of 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 layers of like just graduation it felt like to get to a point where I could legitimately feel solid about finishing a day you know because <laughs> otherwise you're just I'm just an anxiety you know I really it's and it's also hard because' we're basing this off of an animation so it's she's you've never seen her kind of confined to the abilities of a human being or you know, the kind of abilities of, of the, you know, the tech folks around, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, she's just real in animation. She can, it's just remarkable what she's capable of. And so we'd have those moments. It would make me feel good sometimes when Ming would look at it and go, that's, no human can do that. We're going to have to work around. We're going to have to figure a workaround. And I'd be like, thank you. Because I was trying to figure out how we're going to do that. But it was just, it was really fun. It was really fun to figure it out, discover it, to play with it, to have it in our bodies um, and to work against different people and, you know, speeds and energies and heights and power. You know, when I think about Ray, I miss Ray. I, I'm, 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 me and my family, my mom, We ta- we were just talking about his wife and the kids and everybody and just thinking like, God, like it's it's terrible to not be able to to share this moment with him because he definitely. There were moments where I was like fighting for my life and being like Ray, <laughs> like we're not really battling to the death right now, right? You know this, like, we're playing characters. You know it was very heavy handed, and he just he gave so much to it, and it was just it was remarkable. Like this fight that you've done over and over and over again, and it it keeps you very present. Um, and I and I'm and I love that. Like there's so much that's rehearsed and practiced. On film, and you know, when you're working, that to have that element of anything could happen. And I got a black eye, you know, like things like that would happen, you know, I'll feel better at the end of the day, maybe, maybe a couple seasons in, I'll be able to protect my face. And then I'll actually be able to say I'm a master. But at the moment, I just play one on TV. You're
2: like, all right, I, you know, it's it's not only are you playing a, a character who's had like, you know, decades of Jedi training and like is, is an expert, you're like, all right, I just need like a, a sliver of that just to, you know, be able to to fake it for a little bit.
1: Yeah, don't try to get me in a bar brawl. <laughs>
2: i mean it might look cool but i mean that's that's kind of half the battle though it's just like looking looking the part and just looking like you know what you're
1: doing I mean, but you want to not have misses in a, an actual fight like I'll, it'll look good on the video but the person will just be standing there like you're supposed to hit me right
0: <laughs> that's so funny Thanks to Rosario Dawson for being our guest this week. And thanks to Lauren Morgan as well for being back. And thank you for being our guest as well. We, we don't ask for a lot in return, just your hearts and minds. But if you could tell all your friends about the pod and please subscribe and rate us, that would be great. And what would be even greater is if you could write us a glowing review, Purdy, please. Uh, you can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Week on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Kogan. And yes, even at Morglore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next
2: week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Cogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Executive produced by Chanel Johnson. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.